we're seeking is like our creator and what we're turning to is the creation, like mm-hmm. the music that comes from that. And so we try to grab it and it's like we bit into cotton candy or something and it's just like disappears because that wasn't it. It was like that that crazy longing, like you satisfied it, so called you thought you did, you swallowed, you 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 bit into it, you consumed it, and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, wait, I thought that was it. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Trevor Talks. Today's episode is going to be pretty different on quite a few fronts. First of all, I've got a co-host on this show, and we've never done that before, and I'm super excited to announce who that is, which if you read the description, you already know who it is, but I like stand-up comedy. I like Jimmy Fallon, so we'll just roll into letting you know who it is organically. First of all... The co-host for this episode is a Grammy-nominated powerhouse vocalist, Flyleaf frontwoman, and the first independent female artist to top the Billboard hard rock charts. We've got Lacey Sturm in the house. Lacey, <laughs> welcome. What an introduction. Oh, look at that. Look at that. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Speaking of that hoodie you just showed, Jared Bramlett designed this too. So yeah. we've got some... Yeah. Shout out to Jerob. And then today's guest is the guiding force behind the 12-time platinum and Grammy-nominated rock band Skillet. Corey Cooper's in the house. We've got two of the guiding forces in rock in general. (laughs) Then people are like, oh, the female-fronted. No, 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 no. Y'all are paving the way for the males, too. So, guys, welcome to the show. This is crazy. We've got two powerhouse people here and... I've never seen this done before, especially with you two. So thanks for being open to do it. <laughs> Yay. So happy to be Yay, here. So thanks, Trevor. Yeah. So yes. I am super thrilled to have you both in the same room, quote unquote, for this episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of unique things that we can talk about. But first of all, during this interview, we'll probably hear some sound check going on behind Corey. So mm-hmm. how was Winter Dream cheating you? Winter Jam is great. You know, it start, the first weekend started off like rolling a little slow, um, I guess, because people were still Omicron scared or unsure. Uh, but it's really picked up since then. So it's been exciting. People are just very um, there's a new excitement with live music because, well, frankly, a lot of us didn't know if it was going to come back. So uh, the people coming out right. are just ready to. You know, the perspective of just being very grateful that we're here. So a lot of things that we took for granted once, you know, we don't anymore. And and that's a good thing. I think a perspective shift like that is always a good thing. So the crowds are rocking. John's rocking. The bands are rocking. Come on. Well, I know I said winter dram cheating you. So thank you for just rolling with it. <laughs> You know what? You never get too good at podcasting. You never get too good at interviewing. We all make mistakes. So there we go. But Lacey, how's the stay at home thing treating you? You doing all right? Oh, you know, it's weird because I love being on the road and I love being home. I just, I, I think being focused on just like what Corey was saying, being able to focus on your family is a gift that you don't appreciate until you have it and you're like, wow, this is something I'm really getting used to. And then going on the road is its own little unique interaction with your family. That's very focused in a different way, which I love this, this structure of being on the road. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, 
because we have tour managers and there's a hit time and you know so you know the schedule and at home we're a lot more free and um sometimes that's harder but it also can be funner and more adventurous like so i like it i like it and i'm just trying to focus on being thankful that i'm where i'm supposed to be because <laughs> you, you sometimes you're like maybe i should be there maybe i should be here and and i have to remember if i was supposed to be there i'd be there right <laughs> so it's be okay to be here and then i i it's you know just taking hold of that peace that you can grasp and like grab it and be like no i'm gonna you know, center. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true because like home life is its own world of like, we just had days off at home. Sometimes it's easier when you're on a tour to not go home, even though like you have a car and you have like, you can take a shower when you want to, but then there's like, Oh no, there's so much laundry or like I should have cleaned out the fridge or like my family needs help with this. And so, but like days off at home, I'm like, I come back to the road. Like now I can have actually like time off. When I get back yes. to work, you know what I'm saying? Cause you, like you're saying you have the structure, there's only so many things you can do. It's very focused on what that is. And even though you're so sore because you do what you do on stage and then you get bounced around all night and wherever you're sleeping, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely two different mindsets and to roll between them both is like, it's a little difficult, a little shock to the system sometimes. Yeah. It's now true. with you being so used to being on the road, y'all tour like a lot more than most bands, Corey, when the, you know, everything hit, I try not to say what it's called because then they flag stuff. So when oh, that sorry. little <laughs> wave of thing hit, um, you were at home for quite a while and you're not used to being at home with the kids and your right. husband. What was that like for you? We asked John and he said it was amazing. <laughs> but from Corey's perspective, how, how was the, uh, the thing being at home? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we had a, you know, we were on tour and then it was like the last three shows got canceled. We're home. And we in our 25 years of marriage have never, never been home for that long because we do. We've toured from the start. So it was the longest time we've ever been off the road. And like, I guess for me, um, I'm just I don't have said I'm at an age or maybe um, where I never imagined myself doing this for 25 years and you, you kind of get to place where like, is it embarrassing now? Because I'm like knocking on 50 and like a lot of the kids in the audience are, I could be their like grandmother, you know what I mean? So like <clears throat> in your natural thinking, you're just like, you know, I'd be fine to like, just be home. And so, but I actually really loved being home. It's kind of like maybe a little bit like what Lacey was saying, wherever you are, you just put your all into it. Right. Cause life's just too short. So if this is where God has me, and clearly it is because the thing happened and this is where we are. Then let's pour our lives into whatever God has for us here. So we are actually crazy busy. Obviously, on the one hand, wondering, are we ever going to go back to doing what we are doing? How will we make the bills? You know, X, Y, Z. There's the practical things We're like, all right, this is where God has us. We're at peace with it. And he's going to provide for us. And so John and I started doing like we started leading our young adults group at church. I jump into worship team, which is like 
my passion is worship stuff. So being able to just be involved at all, it was like such a blessing and then whatever else was needed. So, and he, you know, is doing all of his reading and he just reads all the time and like cultural studies and like talking to theologians about blah, blah, blah. So he's off in his own world busy. I'm off in my own world busy. And then typically at night, it's almost like being on the road. I don't really see him most of the day. He didn't see me most of the day. We play our show. Then after the show, we just chill and like talk about like, Hey, how was your day? It was cool. So in some ways it was similar. Your regular, like merit, like what you, the typical idea that I've never seen where like they, they go off to work and then you talk about the day when you go home, <laughs> I'm like a TV show like that happens. I thought that yeah, was crazy. too. Yeah. It's kind of weirdly like that, even though when we're working, obviously we're working together, but you're just like, all right, you're at a meet and greet. You're at a Q and a, you're on stage. He goes off to do something else, interviews, this, that, and the other. And then you're just kind of making sure the whole ship ro- runs smoothly, you know? So Life at home was awesome. It was actually a shock to the system to come back, you know, a little bit like what Lacey's saying. I didn't want to come back. I was like, do I have to, Lord? And then it was kind of like, yeah. And then I had like the the week of like, it was kind of depressing to me. <laughs> like a breakdown. Like, yeah. I just, we were so fruitful here and I love it here and I love what's happening here. And like the idea of going back into that little bus, which I'm not complaining about being in a bus because we did the van days, but you know, that little world where it's suffocating sometimes, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. if I could do that again and I don't want to, but the Lord was like, you're doing it. So we had our little struggle that week, but then we got back out and it was like, all right, I know I'm supposed to be here. His grace is here with me. And mm-hmm. so I just got to rely on that, you know? Well, that yeah. also, segues really cool into so many people are like, oh, once I reach this amount of fame or touring, etc., I'm always going to be fulfilled. And some people are called <laughs> to what you're doing, which I, I strongly believe that both of you are called to be living in these quote unquote rock star shoes. A lot of people strive for that and they think that it's going to mm-hmm. fix them. But you get to those days where you're like, I'll never get tired of it. This is going to be my life. I'm going to be so excited. I'm going to write music and people are going to come <laughs> and celebrate me in concert. And then I'm going to go to sleep. I don't get that vibe from either one of you. But <laughs> to show, like even being at the mountaintop, per se, of a music career, like being in Skillet and touring arenas and theaters and such, you didn't want to go back. Like this is a calling that God has on your life. And a lot of times, even for like myself personally, some days you wake up and you're like, I don't want to do it, but I know I'm called to do it. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, I think not to give you the overly spiritual answer, but this is just truly what I believe. If you're looking for something else to fulfill you other than the Lord, you're always going to be disappointed and, you know, disillusioned, which disillusionment isn't a bad thing because it's like the removal of an illusion. Almost like if I can just get X, Y, Z, whatever that might be. Some people do it with their marriage. If I can just meet the right guy, then I'm going to be totally fulfilled within it. The fact of the matter is that ultimate fulfillment comes from the Lord, right? So I don't really care what I do for my job. I enjoy doing music. I do love music, but I don't really care what I do as long as I'm obedient to him like today, you know? So like living in this moment, which is today, it's not that I don't have dreams, but I just, I just want to honor him in this day with whatever he's asked me to do. And it might be cleaning the toilet. It might be making sure we have bus stock in our bus or, you know, who knows what it might be not glamorous, but the glamorous stuff doesn't fulfill you either. And if you're looking right. forward to, you're just going to be disappointed, you know? 
Oh, really bad. And Josh has a really, he talks about this all the time because he dreamed of rock stardom since he was young. And he talked about going on tour with us as a guitar tech and even sometimes stepping on stage to fill in for whatever reason as a guitarist in Flyleaf and how he came away even from the very experience of being on stage like once and walking off like in front of like a download fest or something, you know, like huge, like Mm -hmm. huge, you know, um, can't see the end of the crowd and hear the roar and whatever. And you walk off and he said the drop was so profound. (laughs) It was like, okay, now what? You know, it's like, and and you even see that, like, you you can tell that in a, in a world, like in a sense of like, just what the pursuit of the world is in general, but it's also true in people who pursue great spiritual highs as well, which Mm -hmm. I think is crazy. You can see that in great saints or spirit, you know, people of the past who like did a great thing and, and they saw like, I guess, uh, a a change in, you know, they saw God move in a great way. And then they're like way down and like low and like, don't want to live like in over in the scripture, you see that. And so that's really encouraging to me (laughs) because I feel that like happen, whether the world's really happy with you or it seems like, seems like God is really happy with you or Mm -hmm. like things are successful in whatever measurement you had in your brain. And then it's over and you're like, okay, now what? Um, And it's a, such a jarring like reality of like, what was I, what's I run? What was I running after? Because I like, it's like the dog trying to catch the car and once you got it, what do you do with it? You know, like, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's not as, it's not what you think in your brain, what you make up with like, now I've reached whatever. I don't know. That's, that's a struggle to maintain. Like you said, it was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. You said it, if I can be satisfied because I'm supposed to be cleaning the toilet, like, like, paying attention to that. What are you doing? Like, why is that glam? Why is that fulfilling? And it's fulfilling the same reason it's fulfilling to stand on stage is because you know, that's what you're called to do. And did I fulfill that, that purpose to love and to be like, yes. Yeah. I think, I think like we, we can kind of forget because, well, we're American firstly, and uh, we're like a social media crazy world, which is can, unknowingly make you very narcissistic. So you think like God's purposes are all about me doing something amazing for him, which is kind of like already crazy. But the, and so if, if you can have the mindset of, I want to see God's glory fill this earth, right? I want to see people Mm -hmm. set free. I want to see people know him because if you do, he saves your life. He restores you to what he had created humans to, to do, which is to walk in his presence, right. And to know him and you will not have fear and you will not have all the bad stuff that the enemy throws at you because he's coming to steal, kill and destroy. Right. So if I can see people walk in freedom in the kingdom of God and his glory fill this earth, I want to be a part of that. Right. Because I love him so much and I want to see people set free. Um, and so if that means me uh, watching Atticus for Lacey while she takes the stage. I am so blessed to do that, right? Because it's bigger picture than just me and me looking great or getting the glory or doing something that I think is amazing or really fulfilling for me. 
what is fulfilling for me is serving God's purposes in my lifetime. So while I have strength and while I have breath, I will do whatever that means because I want to see his glory fill the earth. Right. And I think a lot of times we think we're going to find fulfillment in us doing something amazing. And which is why I love the, you know, unless a man denies himself daily, takes up his cross and follows me, he's not worthy to be my disciple. It's totally the opposite of me being amazing or me doing something amazing for God as if, as if he needs me to, right? He doesn't need me to do anything for him. But if I get to be a part of it, right, then I will can see the advance of his kingdom in my lifetime and I get to be a little piece of what that looks like, right? To the, for the advancement of his kingdom. So the more that you learn how to like serve people and die to yourself daily, actually the more happy you will be, the more fulfilled you will be because you're realizing this isn't about me. This is about him and I can be a part of it. And I just love that. So whatever that looks like, it might look like rocking a stage. You might say, well, you get to rock stage every night. So blah, blah, blah. I don't really want to be doing this at my age, as I said. So I'm kind of like, it is fun. But I'd rather, you know, be home and whatever, X, Y, Z. But this is where he has me. So, hey, I, I enjoy it. I'm blessed to be doing what I'm doing. I'm not complaining for sure. Yeah. And God's called you to be in that spot. And I've come to find like in my life personally, if he's called you to do it, like a lot of times maybe you don't want to do it. It's not that <laughs> thing strive to do. It's like, oh, I really feel called to do this. But the kind of go back on what Lacey was talking about, Josh walking off stage and being like, well, what's next from download festival and stuff. It, the first thing that popped in my mind was God called Lacey away from Flyleaf in that season and gave her the calling to go home and raise her child and be with her husband Mm -hmm. and fans. People didn't understand it at the time, but God was telling you to do it. Lacey, did you have that experience where you're like, I missed that rush of being on stage. I miss seeing fans. Mm-hmm. I miss being that person for people. Or was it just God gave you complete satisfaction being at home? Well, <laughs> no matter where you are, you're going to have to, like Corey described, remember where your satisfaction actually comes from. Because as soon as you start dying to um this illusion of this is going to make me happy this is going to make me satisfied when you start dying to that um then you start seeing that come out of your life you start seeing the so-called satisfaction that you would like you start seeing these great things happen and uh because it's because you let go of trying to to take it and, and hang on to it and make it your source once you let go, then all of a sudden you can enjoy it. And it's like this crazy adventure life of like where the, like you're yielded to where the wind's blowing you of his, you know, of what he does. And so but then when you start turning towards the things that are coming because you surrendered and you start trying to grab them, you're back in that place of like just slippery slope, constantly losing, constantly being dropped, constantly like this roller coaster of up and down, up and down, like feeling like you're never, and and that, you know, like that, I'm never going to be happy. You know, you see so many people at the height that, that have a death wish almost in the middle of it because they're like, what else is there? I've tasted everything. And, um, until they find that all the beauty, I think like CS Lewis talks about all the beauty we ever longed for was to, discover the author of beauty itself. Mm -hmm. You know, we long for music. Why do we long for music? 
because we long for the author of music. I mean, scripture says mm-hmm. God sings over us. Like that's crazy. Like mm-hmm. he put a songbook in the middle of the scriptures inspired by his spirit. Like, like he mm-hmm. is, he, he, music flows out of him. And so what we're seeking is like our creator and what we're turning to is the creation, like mm-hmm. the music that comes from that. And so we try to grab it and it's like, we bit into, um, uh, you know, what is it? Cotton candy or something. And it's just like disappears. Cause that wasn't it. It was like that, that crazy longing, like you satisfied it. So called you thought you did, you swallowed, you, 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 you bit into it, you consumed it and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, Wait, I thought that was it. So no matter if I'm home, which was really an interesting experience for me, because I'm such an emotional person in general. I, I, I usually, I usually would define myself as a young person as super sensitive spiritually or sensitive, uh, like, like passionate is what I would say. You know, I'm a screamer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so <laughs> angry for justice and i'm gonna scream about it and you're gonna change things <laughs> like i mean like it's like this this that's what we do as rockers i guess i don't know um i love the emotional vomit of rock music and like nirvana and like you don't have to sing well it's not about the music like musicality it's about do you mean it can i believe you can i follow you revolutionary you know um that's all the things <laughs> but as I grew in my, you know, and, and saw that sort of same thing we've been talking about sort of lead me into destruction. <laughs> like I followed my emotions into death and it lied to me. My heart <laughs> lied to me, ended up in deception and all, and back in a suicidal place. And like, I thought I could follow my feelings into, and I did thinking that was determining truth. And it ended up, following i mean i wrote about that in the mystery just into destruction and death and away from everything that brought me life it was again that thing trying to grab onto the feelings mm-hmm. and um as soon as i got out of that i started to learn wisdom is not based on feelings <laughs> truth is not based on feelings they're fickle they come and go and just because i'm passionate about it doesn't mean it's right and um doesn't mean that i'm right and i could be completely wrong I could be willing to die for a lie, which I was in that season when I wrote the mystery. And so passion is not the thing. Feelings aren't the thing. And so I remember in that season when I had my son um, coming out of that season where I realized my emotions lied to me, I kind of went to zero in my emotions. And I remember having my son and thinking, I'm going to have all these like, I'm a mom and I get to love my child and he's going to be the most, you know, the thing. And it was like, I loved him, but it wasn't this overflowing emotional experience, which was so interesting because it was a different kind of a love. It was a consistent, like it was, it, 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 and, and like, listen to me, if I, my younger self was listening to myself right now, I'd be like, so turned <laughs> off by this. I'm like, that's stoicism. <laughs> that's not love, you know? But I had to learn love is more than your feelings, which is so beyond my brain when I was younger. I'm like, what? You just don't have emotions? Like, what is that? Um, yeah. But that, I mean, I guess if you take antidepressants, you some people say, which I never, I never did take them, but I knew people who that taught them to come to zero so they could evaluate a situation without their emotions involved. 
you know, um, that it brought them to a place of just understanding. And then in the end, they didn't have to keep taking it because they learned to say, well, uh, if I can evaluate my wife's words right now, this is dude who's, you know, one of my pastors, um, without all the emotions, I can see she's not trying to be rude to me. I'm just taking it offensively. You know what I mean? I'm just being really <laughs> emotional. <laughs> and so if I can realize that maybe I can do it even when I feel it and just take it at face value. Is that what I'm making sense? So when I went home, it was a different experience for me and it wasn't emotionally high or low, but it was so thick with, with, with learning wisdom. It was like the, the most dense, beautiful, real kind of love. That's like, no matter what happens, no matter what I feel, no matter like I, like it was like a covenant love, like a commitment, like a, you're an, any, you know, a human eternal being that's going to last forever. Like you're like, I get to love you. I get to come alongside, you know, what develops in your life. And, and like you said, you want to see people free. I want you to experience freedom that I never experienced. And I'm going to, you know, try to foster that for you. So you don't have to like go on the roller coasters the same way I did and get dropped all the time. And anyway, I'm talking way too much. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And that's great. to kind of like circle the wagon here, that's a very country thing to say. I like it. I love it. We're going to circle the wagon. <laughs> With a lot of young creators and artists out there, like you touched on a little bit earlier, Corey, like we live in a social media realm right now they're coming up with the metaverse which confuses the crap out of me like why do you want to have real estate and something that doesn't actually exist i don't understand it but also like now that i'm thinking about it it's equivalent to oh a lot of people want that little blue verified check mark on their instagram profile and they find verification in that in fact they call it verification very that's not odd to them but it's odd to me um, but how can we take some time to help young creators and artists manage expectations early on in their calling or career for say, for like people that want to be a Corey Cooper or a Lacey Sturm, but they're not called to do that. I believe there can be a healthy fascination with what people are doing and becoming a fan, but people that want to walk in those shoes, if God hasn't called you to it, that's setting yourself up to really have that low feeling in life. So how can we differentiate like the calling to be a rock star with the fascination of it? How can we help these young entrepreneurs and creators from getting lost and getting low in their feelings in that way? Yeah. I mean, this calling that we have, and I don't, I don't know if Lace would feel the same way, but probably um, it is such a, difficult calling to have and still come away with your soul. Um, and so mm-hmm. m- most people who, you know, a lot of musicians just, this is what they want to do. So how they can distinguish between if they've been called to do it or not. I mean, to me, that's a, it's a prayerful thing. It's being able to be self-aware enough to evaluate. Will I come away with my soul if I walk into the lion's den you know, and also it's a relational thing. I mean, firstly, are you even good enough musically? Not that that necessarily matters these days, I suppose. Um, But, you know, anybody can train. Yeah. yeah, And there's all that too, which sometimes people, you know, people chase that, but like, do you know what you're chasing? Is it just for 
the fame? Is it just to be that person with the voice? And do you actually have it? Why? And what mm-hmm. is that going to do to your soul? And do you actually have anything to say? And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I always like to look at my life, you know, with the framework of an eternal perspective, right? So read Ecclesiastes, read Proverbs, Lacey, talk about wisdom. This is, this is what we're saying. Like, okay, if you could imagine yourself standing before God at the end of your life, is everything going to burn that you built? Is everything going to burn that you chased? Are you, and then you're going to regret it, right? Like I actually, um, I know we don't like to think about ultimate things anymore. And that's part of what social media does. It kind of keeps you distracted from like focusing on things that matter and looking at things in yourself that need to change or whatever that might be looking for validation. And it it all has become very shallow and very, uh, we just don't think anymore. We we don't want wisdom. Um, We don't think about deeper things. Like we're all going to die. We know it. We just don't like to think about it. We're all going to die. And if you stand at the end of your life looking back, like who really cares? So you were a rock star, like who cares? Like that all burns. The money burns. The fame burns. But what did you do? Like, is God pleased with me? Like, did I help people in this life? Right. Or did everybody around me just not like me because I'm all about myself and I'm all about well, my dreams have been full of a victim, like this victim thing that we've got going on in our society is just so ugly. Grievance, victim, bitterness. Like if that's at the core of, of you, it will that will steal your soul. It will steal your life. It will steal love. It, st- it will steal peace. Everything good and godly, it will steal from you. And then we wonder why we're an empty shell that can't feel and that we can't ever get what we want. Our perspective is so off. So I'm like, it's just don't do this job if you haven't evaluated, if you can handle it, right? So like even all the way back 25 years ago when, well, I will say when I was about 13 is when I felt like God called me to do music. <clears throat> so that was longer than 25 years ago. Um, but I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. I don't know what my next steps will be, but I know I want to honor God with it. So I studied theology, started reading C.S. Lewis and all the old school, nothing really new because I'm like, I want a perspective. That's not just my cultural idea of who Jesus is. I want like old school wisdom, orthodox teaching. So I did all that, spread my Bible. I'm like, I need to know God. I need to know his voice. I need to know his ways. Otherwise I won't honor him with my lyrics. I won't honor him with my music or my life. So I want that too above anything else. And then there's like the studying of music that you do. And then there's like the, okay, if I'm going into a, a world that is not Christian music, which is what I always want to do, be a voice in, in that, then what does that world look like? It's almost like, you know how the de- they say the devil's like a parasite. He doesn't really have like power on his own, but he sucks. He takes things and he twists them that God has created that are good, like music, mm-hmm. and he'll suck the life out of it and use it to promote, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, basically chaos, anything that goes against God. So if I go into that world where that's what everything is about, you're a fool if you don't think that's going to affect you. You're a fool if you don't think that the, the enemy is going to come after you. If you shine the light in darkness, you know what? The darkness doesn't like it, right? <laughs> so you're a fool if you, if you go into that alone. Like, let's say yeah. you want to be in a band, but most of your bandmates aren't Christians or you don't have a church life. You don't have accountability. You don't have relationships that are going to be like, we have accountability in our church with our leaders, friends. And we've said to them, if we ever get off base, 
if stuff starts falling apart, you yank me off this. You tell me because I won't recognize it if it gets that far. And you yank me off the road because I don't want to dishonor God with my life. So the soberness of knowing what you're going into really needs to be the case as well. And then wondering, yeah. hey, is that what you want your life to speak of? And will you be true to that? You know? Yeah, that's so good. And that's, that's, that's one of the things, I mean, it makes me want to cry thinking about how many people I love so much. They're so talented as musicians and that they don't just exactly the questions you ask, which was, what are you going to say? Why do you want to do it? Are you, can you handle the drops and the warfare going on in your life right now? Mm-hmm. Can you, are you going, if you can't handle it now, how are you going to handle it when you're in an arena where you go into, Hey, Hellfest and yeah. literally people who are outwardly, you know, conjuring demons and you're like not affected or attracted or, or odd or afraid. Like you said about, you know, like, do you know who you are without mm-hmm. the audience telling you who you are so that when they boo you, which we had a lot of that in the beginning of Flyleaf, like, man, we went out with with Static X. Oh my gosh, their fans are so hard. Like it was, they threw things at us and cussed us and were like, and like hated us, right? But we were able to, you know, open on a tour. Like, can you take the, you know, and, and social media is even worse. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? And I think that some of that is making this generation really honest in a way that is beautiful that I haven't seen because they expect to be criticized almost if they come on social media. So there's some of that that feels really beautiful. Like Trevor, you are, I love you so much. I'm so proud of everything I've seen you walk through with such grace. And I can't believe how young you are, you know, and you, and you have, you have that, you've seen tragedy hit people around you and you have continued to walk on. You've used it as fuel to go, well, I have another day, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not just, like Corey said, we're going to f- die. And so everything's going to burn. That doesn't have to do with God. Like God, like it's like if it's dead, dried leaves that are dead already, they're just going to. But if it's purified gold or silver or whatever, that's going to shine and glow. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what fire does. And God is a consuming fire. And we're going to be united with him when we die. But also the people beside us. They are going to have to face God. You know, the people that we walk with, the people that have already we've lost. I mean, I, I've lost so many people, it, particularly the people I've lost to despairing things like dis, dis, death of despair. They call them, you know, whether it's suicide or drug overdose or or, you know, um, those things like that is the fuel in me to say is this important eternally? Mm. I do not have one freaking day to waste on entertainment. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like being an entertainer or, you know, uh, because I have three boys and I, if that's, I, and I need not only to focus on what's right in front of me, I need to show them what is eternally important. How do we answer it? If today was my last day or today was that one person's last day and I'm beside, what do we do with that? I mean, that goes to momentum worry. Do you, what are you going to do? And I guess we don't even know the answer. That's why, like you said, it was so good what you said. You're like, am I called to this? Am I being a fool? Like 
like help, <laughs> like learn about your, you know, what does it look like to be who you're created to be? That's one of the things you said about God that I thought was so good that God is make is, is constantly forming us into what he created us for. Like continuously like what there's probably some scripture that's really good for this, but it's like continuously like exposing and the things that are death and so that we can let go of them and the things that are, Oh my gosh, I come to life at this. This is where peace is flowing. This is where joy comes. This is where, and it's when we face the hard things and we find him overcoming through us when we surrender, (laughs) you know, like it wasn't even me that overcame that. Like literally the stories I tell, that people are the most happy about or always thanking me for are the ones where I was the worst evil person. (laughs) I hated people and, and God rescued me from all the things, you know, like, thank you for your story. I'm like, (laughs) okay. I mean, I I mean, what did I do? I mean, I'm glad he writes good stories. (laughs) (laughs) That goes into like, I, uh, here's a little hot take. Like, Cancel culture is the complete opposite of the teachings of Christ. Like you're never too far gone. Come as you are. Like if we're going to proclaim that and then stone them like on social media, like they don't need to have a platform. Let's deplatform this person not to get into anything too specific, but like there's, there's so much grace that God has for us and he welcomes us with open arms and it's so beautiful And even today, like I've literally seen with my own eyes where people are like, this person is a sheep in wolf's clothing. I hate them, like cancel this person. But if we're going to sit here and preach, like come as you are, you're never too far gone and then turn around and, oh, this person doesn't need to have a platform. They messed up. I can't imagine having some of the things that I've messed up with publicized. Like, and I openly talk about them, but like when you come out and say something like, Hey, I screwed up here and I want to use it to teach people. You still did that thing. So cancel culture is so biased to me. Like, Oh, like we're going to expose you. But if you come, it, you still did the deed. Right. So cancel culture is dumb. Hot take. Um, but <laughs> yeah. has so much grace for us. And well, it, yeah, it, it's really cool the way that you, I mean, you're in media. I mean, you, Mm -hmm. you do interviews, you have to consider different perspectives. You have to think, what if they go off the rails here? What am I going to do with that? (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) it's so interesting, your position of having to consider what, where is the light in this situation? What is God doing here, saying here and, and pointing to that, you know, through all the mess, like, well, let's look at what okay yeah God, the devil has a plan and he's but what's God's plan like yeah the devil's doing this but what's God doing like it's like mm-hmm. where's the light in here where is the, the hidden like overcoming moments and just like you said you, you bring those you bring those weaknesses out and those uh, but it's that's our testimony our testimony yeah. is not about our, our greatness it's about our how you rescued us out of our you know or death yes yeah it's kind of like uh we we can tend to think back to the calling thing that it's about the calling or the dream and if scripture teaches us anything it's that it's not about the dream it's about the journey right so like you have somebody like joseph who has a dream like a literal dream but then what does his life look like you know and 
all the saints that we read about in the old in the Bible, their lives are messy, and I love that the Bible shows us their failures and the su- successes because I think we can tend to think like, all right, we have this calling, and then it's going to be amazing, and then we get disappointed in God when it hasn't happened or it wasn't amazing, didn't look like what we thought. But like you look at a life like Joseph, well, okay, so he has the dream. So now he's like, yes, I'm going to, everybody's going to bow to me, blah, blah, blah. And then what happens? Like from his very brothers, it's not, and a lot of times the hits can come from people that are closest to you, right? But the Bible talks about the trials and testings. They produce something that far outweighs gold, right? It's like, it's the process of sanctification and working through your own mess, right? Once you're born again, you, you you are a new creation, but you're still figuring out how to please God with your life. And he will constantly be bringing stuff up that you're just like, oh man, I thought I dealt with this. Like, have I grown at all? Like I'm still dealing with this bad attitude or I'm still dealing with depression, right? Like, I think it sounds like you guys can all relate to sadness. I can relate to the sadness as well. And it's a matter of like, why do I carry this? Like I, my life is good. And, you know, I don't have any reason to like, in a lot of ways, I feel like I can relate to Lacey and her heart for the Lord and, and uh, part of the way her DNA is made up, but our stories are very different, you know, from our upbringings. Mine is like great family, middle-class, you know, good siblings, parents are great, love the Lord. But I always dealt with the sadness, right? And it's a, it's a matter of sort of like, all right, God brings stuff up in your life and you measure your reality, I suppose, with, or perspective with the truth of the word. And like, what does this look like? Okay. <clears throat> I'm so the joy of the Lord is supposed to be my strength. I don't understand that. Like, I still pray for that because it's not really naturally the way that I feel. But I but I feel like after however many years of walking with the Lord, I'm beginning to get a taste of what that is. But it's me. Like, I'm, I'll still keep asking, right? And part of that is, like, your faith, your faith journey is looks like Joseph. It looks like I have a dream and I'm excited. I'm my dad's favorite. And now my brothers betray me and almost kill me. But then, no, just sell me to slavery. And then he's working in Potiphar's house, favor of God there, obviously. And then, you know, gets called, he gets accused of something he didn't do. It looks like he did it. Now he's in prison. So before he was a a slave and now he's in prison. And yet he's still, God is honing his gifting and causing him to grow in wisdom so that God is actually preparing him for what he had called him to do, to do in saving like the world, basically, not even just the people of God, but the entire world. And when he got, he got the call for that, he was prepared, but the preparation looked so crazy, like how, but he kept that sort of growing in his walk with the Lord, growing in his wisdom, growing in his understanding to the point where when he finally got it, it's like what you were saying about Josh, like when he finally got it, it's like, oh, is this something I even want? Like, I don't even have the same feelings about it anymore. I don't have the same, um, uh, drive for it or ambition for it. Now it's just like, I know who I am before the Lord. Now in his sovereignty is the time for me to be here and figure out a huge mess that a nation's about to go into a famine. And now you got to figure it out. There you go. There's your calling. You know, it's like that journey of faith. Like I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep believing that God is good and his word applies to me and his power is with me to accomplish whatever that is. And if he wants me to let go of ideas of what those things are, great. I'll serve him. I'll honor him today. And in the honing of who you are, God will open doors. But you got to trust him to open those doors, you know? Yeah. And it'll be the and, best way because it's God's way. And it looks very different for a lot of people. But one thing that I think of is like, if you think of like, skillet's discography you've got 
do not hold me accountable if I screw up, okay? We've got, <laughs> we've got Collide, Comatose, Awake, Rise, uh, Victorious, no, Unleashed, Victorious, and then now um, Frick, I, Dominion. Dominion. Like, yeah. you literally, you're mapping it out right there. That's a lot of our journeys. Like, we were once asleep, and now we're awake, and now we're right, victorious, right. and now we're able to celebrate the dominion that God has for us, right? Yes, and yes. That had y'all had to map that out pretty early. It, it seems no, like. not, not mapped out at all. Everyone always asks us that. Even like when we go into write, we don't really know what the theme's going to be. You know, you just end up writing and writing and writing, and then. as it's worked out for us, we look back and we're like, oh, there's like a theme here. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it kind of goes with, it's kind of a progression from the last record, but we've never done that on purpose. It just kind of like has gone that way. So yeah, it always just happens. You're like, all right, I guess there's more of a story than we realize, but. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And even to think about right now, Dominion's been out for a little over three weeks and over 33 million people have streamed it. That is crazy. Even to go back in what we were talking about rock stars and everything, you don't plan for that. You don't plan for so many people to want to hear your art and what you're creating. And for God to give you such an anointing with it, even for writing music with Lacey, like the decree say to me, awaken love to be announced. Like there's so many things that God wants to speak through us, but it comes out so differently, especially with, uh, you'll not claim this title, but an art- artistic genius like yourself. Like, yeah. there's so many different outlets that you could speak yeah. from. Like the Spark album that just came out that you, I didn't know you were on yet, busted me listening to when I was getting ready for this interview. Yeah, Woo-hoo. it's so good. By the way, it's so good. And God's given you such a talent with that, and you're so humble about it. And I know you're gonna be like, not me, but even me and Lacey were talking about like, yeah, you, like, yeah. <laughs> You're talking about how you're like really, really good at stewarding this. Like, I mean, that was when we were writing together. I just remember being really um, amazed at your ability to, because most artists, they're not organized. Like they don't like, but you're an artist and you're very diligent and, and such a good steward. You're great at stewarding it, you know? Yeah. Thanks. I mean, sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say with Dominion, like, why do you think this record in particular is doing so well? Um, Not even just on the charts, like people are relating with it. People are relating with the lyrics. They hear it and they're like, I'm going through that right now. But you had something. So segue. Well, I mean, truthful answer to that question is I have no idea. And uh, I'm finally in my life at peace about the fact that I have no idea why some things hit and why some things go super broad and why some things never get heard that you're like, this is amazing and anointed. And why is this one not getting out there? You know, but uh, obviously when you're writing, um, I mean, I would say John is, he just has like culturally prophetic eyes. He always has. And I think it's really one of the main reasons why we are still doing this after 25 years, which is kind of crazy for a rock rock band to have the life that it has. And I think it's partially because he he has his radar always on like, what, what's going on in culture? And why are people saying this? And this is a new thing that they're saying. So I think for him... Um, the potency of the lyric is a lot to do with the things that he's perceiving, you know, and reading about studying, but also just prophetically 
you know, I think it's our job as the church to kind of see what's happening in culture and and speak to it, right? And I hate to use the word relevant because it's just overused and I don't really like what it's become to mean in some cases. When I say relevant, I don't mean compromised and like, let's just act like the world so that they like us. I don't mean that, but I'm like, all right, what does the Bible have to say to this moment right now? And you got to spell it out for people because otherwise there's a separation of like, this is what the Bible says and this is what's happening in my real life. And it doesn't really speak to it. So I think as artists, part of what you want to do is sort of make that connection for people of like, this is what God is speaking in this moment right now. You know, so when I'm writing with John, he is he's on it. He's he's studying and praying. And like, what does God have to say through us with this album? You know, when I write with someone like a Lacey, she's on it in a different way. Like when I write with John is way different. It's way more like calculated. And he's just like, not that he's not a feeler, but he didn't write like a feeler, if that makes sense. He's more like, I'm feeling something and here it is and we're done. And if I'm not like fast to the draw with everything, I don't even... Um, I'm, lo- I'm lost, you know, because he's so fast. And Lace writes more naturally than how I write. Like, okay, I want to find the voice of God right now in this moment with what this music, Corey, just plays something and let's kind of feel it out for a while and see what God's saying to us right now. Let's let's take communion. Like, Awaken Love was a... <laughs> Oh. Like we had like three days, right? And one one of the days, so this is the day before the Awaken Love. Um, we wrote two songs that day. I don't remember what they were, but it was more like a, okay, Lace, I got some ideas. Do you like them? And we wrote two songs and it was more like regimented, calculated work, even though we're feeling within it. But then the next morning she comes in, she's like, Cor, let's just take communion. And I'm like already in like work song. Cause I'm used to working with John and he's just like, if you don't get it done, then you never get any ideas at play. And like, you, you know, like you have to be so fast and like manic. <laughs> like Lacey, She's like, let's take communion. And let's just like, why don't you play something? So I only had like, I didn't have my big keyboard hooked up. I only had like a little tiny little keyboard and I'm just like playing like a pad and like we're praying and like worshiping and whatever. And it was Lacey. You never know where it's going to go. Like my only goal is to like, to make sure we get something done. Cause the two of us could just get lost in the presence of God. And I'm like, Josh is going to be so mad at me because he flew her here and we didn't get any work done. So I'm like, I got to just try to like manage it. So then we're worshiping. And then, you know, I was like, Hey, I kind of have like this idea. Can you just tape it before we forget it? And then we can move on to whatever you want to work on. And so it was the, the start of what ended up being the Awaken Love Chorus. Um, and then we just sort of rolled from there, but it's definitely more of like a feel like it doesn't all have to be locked in in that moment for Lace because she needs to feel what is God saying through this song. The thing, Thank like, you for she's... explaining myself to me because I don't know what I'm doing and I'm so happy to hear you talk about this because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, like my goal as like a, a writer, if I'm writing, I'm usually writing with people, right? So it's not like I have a solo career and I don't want to. So if I'm writing with people, I try to quickly assess what makes them feel the because co-writes can be really uncomfortable, right? You, sometimes you roll into a room with somebody you don't know and maybe don't even like the style of what they're doing. And then sometimes they're kind of rude, like they're, they just only want their ideas. And so you're just like, this is going to be a waste of like two hours, or I can try to jump in, but it's probably going to, so like, it can be really awkward and songwriting is vulnerable, right? Cause you want to write what God is speaking yeah. to me now and, and whatever. So I try to quickly assess with the people that I'm writing with. And I, I really choose to only work with people that I really want to work with. If that makes sense. I'm not like, 
trying to get myself out there as a writer producer. So I, wa- I always want to work with Lacey. I love her. I love what she's about. I love the anointing out of her life. And so, but with Lace, the way that I can make her feel most comfortable. So now you're going to, you're going to hear behind the, you know, what's working before Lacey shows up is like, Lacey's a prophetic person. She needs like the vision for what it is that we're writing. So I'll try to come in with ideas. Sometimes we just do it on the fly, but I'll try to come in with ideas in case we can come up with anything in the moment where there's a theme of like prophetic something that God is speaking in this chorus. And even if I don't have the whole chorus locked in. So then when Lacey comes in, if we're not taking communion, we're going to start, you know, working now. I try to give her the vision for what this is. And then she floats into her like amazing prophetic realm feel. And then we go from there. But with other people, like with Jen, she's way more calculated. So she's just kind of like a, here's like a, 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 a jingle and sort of like a, a cool word that we can write around. And then we go from there. So it just depends on where people feel safe. They're going to um, write their best stuff. So depending it's really, on it's this, really, it's crazy because Josh is um, so funny. I'm married to somebody who's so different from me in that. Of course, that's the way it always works. But it's like, it's the thing that is, is it makes people insane. Like they are so, like, I remember this with Flyleaf a little bit. They're like, what are you talking about? Like you need, it needs to be more victorious. Like that's not a, that's not a term, a musical term. You need to come up with, you want it faster? Do you want like, what note do you want? I'm like, no, like. It needs to feel, you, you are a feel person. So it needs to feel victorious. I don't know how to do You got to figure out what that, what that is for you. Yeah. It's so amazing that you're willing to figure that out with me because. Because I remember going in with David Hodges as well. And we had a moment where we tried to just like, he plays some music and I just sort of see what happens. And it was just the biggest flop of like, he's like, well, that was a waste of time because let's just move on. <laughs> this is the most awkward thing. <laughs> because we did write great songs with David Hodges, but he, but he didn't work that way. He was like, this is the idea. This is what we're going to work around. And that made yeah. sense. And I can right. work with that, but it's, it's different. It's a different. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you for it. <laughs> yeah. Mo- most of like when we, when I do sessions, most of them don't work like you do. Um, and I actually work like you do. So I, when I get to work with you, I'm like, oh. it's almost yeah. like the, the flow just starts coming so fast because it's like, yeah. you know, I'll bounce off you and you, and you're like the lyric genius. So, and, and you've got such a uh, flow. So I'm like, all right, I get to sort of feel now and feel, we can stay in the feel for longer. We don't have to like lock this in today. And then I'll go away from like working with you cause we're at my house and I'm like, oh man, now that I know what she likes and the things that make her feel a certain way, I can like, I, now I have eight more ideas. And like, so after you know, leave, I'm like, awesome. that'll be days and days of me like, Ooh, 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 I got to shut it down. <laughs> I got to move on. <laughs> When I was there, I think I was there three days or something. How long was I there? Yeah. I don't know. I think it was three days. Way too many songs for three days. It was like six yeah. songs or something, right? Or yeah. something ridiculous. Yeah. I was like, how's this? That's great. Right. The unique thing about that I've noticed with Lacey is just to talk about Awaken Love for a second. That song started off as Encounter Me. And then it had a whole different message. There was no violins involved yeah. until maybe what Lacey the last week before the master mm-hmm. that's when the violins got involved. And at first, like you get so used to hearing the other mix and the other lyrics. Oh, Trevor, Trevor wears our music out in the demo. In yeah, the exactly. demo stage. I probably <laughs> I, think it's 
Yes. <laughs> so like you, when I heard it the first time, I was like, this is very Celtic, but they hear even like things that maybe like coming, I'm not gonna say too much. I'm not gonna get you in trouble. It's they change actively. Like Lacey is an idea person, a visionary when yeah. she hears yeah. it, like you got to do it. And even like yeah. when it comes to cover art, the hand that's holding the sun, all of that came out of that little head right there with a, a striped beanie on it. And yeah. it's, it's fascinating. And I'm sure a, you're the same way. Like, it's wild. I, I'm like, where did this even come from? How did you hear this? Like, it's just the mind and how it works. We, none of us think the same, but for right. her, geez, it never ends. She's a, she's a true, uh, authentic creative artist and there aren't many um singers that are that way anymore you know i mean not to go back to social media and tiktok fame etc yeah. but uh there aren't many people that when they take the stage it, it's just it's just so magical because she she is embodying everything that she's singing she is in a moment with the lord she is in the moment with uh, the music and a lot of people just can't even relate to that anymore. She's just a true, a true artist. So yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. You say it that way. Cause the way I would say it is, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just sort yeah. of like leaning back <laughs> to the wind and the, the wind blows. Oh, then I fly. <laughs> that's, and that's the genius. That's the genius. Cause like these days, a lot of people are so calculated, like, because I'm a feeler too. It's like, uh, I don't understand getting up on stage and like planning moves. I'm like, no, you just feel it. You know what the music is doing. You just go, but a lot of people are just so calculated now. They, I think we've lost the, maybe the, the art and the patience for, the, the true artist, but you know, that's, that's funny. Me. You mentioned when we went, we went on tour with corn. I think I met Fieldy for the first time in the, in the lunchroom or wherever, what do they call the catering, catering room. And he asked me, he's like, so you're in the opening band. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, so show me some of your moves. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what my moves? Like, do you plan yours out? You do like this? <laughs> And I was like, I, I don't know how to plan those things. <laughs> I'm the same. <laughs> I'm the same way. Like, unless now fires evolve, so I have to like plan where not to be at certain moments. But other than that, I'm like, I don't know. I just was feeling that, you know. Anyways, yeah, yeah. So on those risers. Oh yeah, the risers. At first, uh, there weren't backs to the risers, so I can lean on the back now. But at first, there were no backs. And like John's such a slave driver, he's just like, "You guys get up there. It's fine. It's fine." I'm like, "It's like, like I, I couldn't actually die. I mean, it would be a bad way to go on stage. Just like you left it on the stage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but seriously, man, himself dropped down with just bungee cords. What was it? Winter Jam in 2018. I was that like, was our last winter jam. I know the funny thing is he is like terrified of heights. So like, at least he made himself do something that he was terrified of. Well, he does look like a superhero and he has them tattooed all over him. So like, it's, it was cool to see him get to, you know, do that thing and then pull out the fog guns or whatever they are, dry ice. And uh -huh. th that's like his moment. You could tell he's like, <sighs> <laughs> yeah, totally. you got to give the peeps a show. You got to give the peeps a show. You guys do the best shows. I mean, I it's, remember. It's literally down to y'all and Shine Down for the best show. Like straight up, if y'all did a co-headliner, like, whew, I'd be there every night. 
Yeah, that's no, it. China. They know how to bring the show. Yeah, uh, I mean, we love the theatricals. I, you have like the people that just want to keep it real, like you're the Nirvanas of the world, where it's just like it's not really about the show; it's about the angst yeah. or whatever it is, you know. But for us, you know, it's, we we like the theatrical side of it, the dynamics, um, and our music lends itself to sort of ebbs and flows. That way, when it's like you hit the peak, you really hit them hard because you just duck down, and I don't know. It's a whole yeah. experience, I guess, the skillet show. Yeah. Uh-huh, it is. This conversation could go on for hours, but just to kind of wrap it up, I have something that I, I really feel like you both relate with in a way, and you have such good messages revolving around it, which is the conversation about faith and mental health. And especially over the past two years, suicide rates, drug overdoses, and opioid um, usage has skyrocketed. And people are feeling defeated and they're just trying to make it to the next day. So Corey, starting with you, what would you say to somebody that's feeling defeated today? And maybe they're feeling like they're in a life and death situation and they can't come back from whatever they may have done or what they're going through. Uh, What's the message of hope that you would give them? I mean, I, I can understand and, and relate on some level to depression and feeling uh, just despairing. Um, and sometimes, uh, sometimes all you can do is just make it till tomorrow. Like sometimes the fight is just like, you know what, today might be a wash, but tomorrow is going to be better. So I'll just, you know, let this play out until tomorrow. And it's great how God's mercies are new every morning, right? And every morning the sun does rise. He didn't have to do that, but he does. And there's always a beautiful, beautiful display of some form of sunrise that's different than the day before. And, and there is a God who does that for us every morning. There is a God who cares about everything that's going on in your life and he can meet you where you're at. And you, um, you just can't let your feelings dictate to you reality because your feelings aren't always going to be the way things are. And there is always hope. The Bible talks about hope. The Bible talks about the battle for hope. Um, and there is always hope and God can take your life and let him keep painting the masterpiece, the beautiful masterpiece that is your life. Let keep giving your life into his hands for him to mold and shape and change because he created you. He formed you in, in your mother's womb. Like he cares about all the details. And um, sometimes, like I said, all you can do is just make it through today and you're going to feel better tomorrow. Let him meet you tomorrow. Believe that he wants to believe that he can because he can and he will change a life that feels like it's worth nothing into something that is so beautiful and shines for his glory. Come on, Lace. Wow, that was that's so much, you know, the thing is that Corey's not just talking um, to somebody. I just want to say she's not trying to give good advice or say something good. She's seen it in her life. She's seen God show up the next day. She's seen God turn things, not just in her own life, but people around her. She constantly is, I mean, especially with the music that they write and the kids that, that listen to their music. Um, just hearing the stories of, of people who have been in that place and watched miracles come and watched even just the miracle of <clears throat> walking through it in a natural way, you know, like, and, and still breathing, you know, I'm still here, you know, and I'm only saying it cause, um, you know, 
Cause I know Corey, I know that she's, she's seen that. And, and I would say, you know, um, <laughs> this song Corey and I wrote together, um, you're not alone. You know, sometimes that is what, when we don't know and we can sense this universe of distance between us and anything good, um, that's actually not reality because you wouldn't be breathing if God was not holding you together and mm-hmm. you, he's right there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <clears throat> it's like he, there, there's such a truth to this that feels like a greeting card, but it, it's actually truth. And I love when you said, believe that he's there. Um, like some people don't want to believe because they're afraid they're going to be made a fool. They're afraid they're going to be sitting in a broken chair. They're afraid all these voices come up and say, don't be a fool and believe something. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would say is the f- it's, f- it's foolish not to take right now this moment as a moment that he's speaking to you to believe mm-hmm. in him. You know, like he is, he is all inviting you right now to like, to believe and to, to um, breathe in the breath that he's given you and acknowledge it's from him. And so sometimes we are in a place where we can't see it. Everywhere we look, we see the sun setting everywhere. We look, we see it getting darker, you know? Um, but after, you know, if we start looking for him, we start seeing, the moonshine, we start seeing the sun, the stars come out. We start hearing, you know, all the life around us. We start seeing he's in it still, even when it's dark, he's actually doing beautiful things. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my prayer for those people to just, just, to just believe that you're not alone and there's something beautiful going on, even when it's dark that you can't see, even if you can't see it, it's still there. You know, sometimes your eyes have to adjust to the dark and you start to see then. Um, Just like Corey said, just keep walking and don't stop walking through because there is a sunrise that's going to come. Like she said, that's the way the ebb and flow of the natural order happens is once we get through, then we realize, wow, look at all the things I've gone through. Sometimes when we get depressed, we start calculating all the bad things that happen and, and what we're doing the opposite of what our brains are intended and our memory is intended for. We're supposed to calculate all the things that we went through that we've seen God take us through and overcome. Mm-hmm. Wow. You made it through that. You know, wow. You're still breathing after that. Wow. There was another day that came after that. Wow. Mm-hmm. There was a moment where I forgot that pain and I was laughing. Why? You know, like, because there is more to come. This will, yeah. there, God is working things together and making that beautiful painting that you just described he's turning it into glory and beauty mm-hmm. so just hang on yeah can i say one more thing too yeah. Yeah. um i i think sometimes we think that we have to clean ourselves up before we can go to god and i just want to say that god is not afraid of your mess like it's actually okay to fall apart and if if psalms teaches us anything it's like i think sometimes as christians we think that we can't be honest 
with where we're at because it's too messy and ugly. And if you can learn anything from Psalms, and this is what I would do if I'm feeling overwhelmed by, you know, sadness or hopelessness or anything, is I start writing my own Psalms, right? And there are Psalms that start off victorious and end victorious, but there are a lot of Psalms that don't end. It's just like, how long? Like, how long is it going to be this way? And, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's a lot of it. Can, sometimes it just ends there. Sometimes it goes positive because the eyes get fixed on God and who he is. But just to be able to be honest in the mess that you're in, because like, just let yourself fall apart. I, I'll let myself fall apart in the presence of God. Recently, I texted Lace. I'm like, man, I'm just these are the the depth of my emotion and i fe- i fear that if i let myself go here i might fall apart but if i don't i won't be able to face and she's like sounds like a humbling time <laughs> whatever and i'm like i'm so glad she gets me but like let yourself fall apart in the presence of god right and like know that he's going to meet you there and he's not he's not scared of it. He's not scared of your mess as if he didn't know what was going on. He does. He, he's not the, like the light shines even in the darkest of dark places, right? He'll come for you and love you. God is love. It's who he is. You know, he'll come and bring wholeness and healing to you and meet you right there where you're at. Just be honest with him and like, let yourself fall apart in his presence. And, and one of my favorite um, scripture passages I'll end with this is um, in Matthew where it talks about, um, selling, going, the man who discovered that there was a treasure in the field went and sold all he had so that he could get that treasure in the field. And I would just encourage that heart of like, okay, if you're saying like, I can give everything and I, even the vulnerability of this moment and my feelings to you, and that from me offering this to you and giving you everything that I will find that treasure that is your kingdom, if that's a promise, and it is then that's what I want. I'll, I will give everything to have this, right? So I'm kind of like, what do you have to lose? In this moment, what do you have to lose? Like, why don't you just try it? Try to see God, right? And and see that he will be so faithful to meet you in this moment right now with his wonderful presence and his love and a peace that surpasses all understanding, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah. And shameless plug for the Spark Project, because the other thing that I do when I'm feeling this way is I like to worship, right? So you're worshiping as you're writing your psalm, and then I, I will express my heart to the Lord in song. So I love being able to work on the Spark Project. Um, Jen's on it. John's on it. I got to co-produce it. And if you want to just suddenly be in the presence of God and worship him, turn some of that music on. It'll, yeah. it'll get you there just like that, you know? I can attest to that because that's how I geared up for this interview. We got in that mental space. Also, Lacey has her Reflect Love Back project, which is an amazing yes. thing to listen to. I remember um, jumping back into like touring and such. It was very hard on me mentally with anxiety and such. And the Reflect Love Back uh, album is just such a peaceful album. So now I can add the spark to that. But this wow. has been phenomenal. Like, thank you both for taking time out to be here and just sharing your heart. This was, I, it was impactful for me, I can say, and it feels like I just got out of therapy. So I hope <laughs> that way for you guys as well. And everyone else that's listening. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Thank I know. Thanks for having us too. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's, 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 that's one of my favorite things about Corey is that if you get into a real good conversation with you, you come away feeling better than you did before. <laughs> 
Dominion, Dominion. So everybody can go Blair the new skillet record. Go Blair the spark. We'll put links for everything in the description below. And if you're struggling today and you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this, just know that there are resources available for you. Our friends at Heart Support, heartsupport.com have such amazing resources. Death to Life, which is an amazing organization run from a by a dear friend of ours is death the number two life.com there's always a reason to live choose life know that you are loved that the god of the universe loves you so much and there's always a seat for you at the table so go tackle the day we love you and we'll talk to you guys next week goodbye now Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, Search and follow the Messenger Movement podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.